Hi, all, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. And we just, again, always feel so grateful for you tuning in, listening to advice, relationship advice, our interviews that we have, and just really thankful for all this amazing feedback we're getting. So thank you for listening today. Uh, Absolutely. You know, we're always excited, happy to have on guests who bring in a perspective of what they're doing and the kind of positive energy they're bringing into the world and the message they're sharing. And this is definitely a topic that is near and dear to Tara and I's hearts. We have Randall and Scarlett Tandy. They have a podcast that we were actually just on a few weeks ago. And it is Enjoying Your Blended Family. And they are, let's see, they got a lot here. They are podcasters. They are blended family coaches. Uh, They're married. They have a family of five. They're now empty nesters. They're also grandparents. Wow. You guys got a lot going on. Welcome. (laughs) And thank you for being here today. Thank you. How are you guys? Uh, We're doing great, and it's such a privilege and honor to be here with the two of you, so we love what you're doing here. So yeah, thank you for for having us on today. Just kind of to start out with, you know, just tell us a little bit about your story, just as, you know, the two of you as a couple and your life and sort of what brought you to where you, you currently are. Sure, yeah, we both came from divorce, so, you know, we were, we started our families young, and then after the divorce, that, those were for both of us really the most devastating things mm-hmm. that had happened in our lives. We were in our mid-20s. Though. Yeah, okay. we were in our 20s and yeah, just really trying to figure out life. And so we really kind of looked at, you know, our faith and, and kind of start growing that. And then me and her had met and we didn't know what we were getting into. We just knew we were in love. So it was like, you know, it just kind of worked out. And we started talking. I had one biological child. She had two biological kids. And our youngest was three. Our oldest was seven. And we just started through the dating process, decided, you know, let's, we're, we're in love. Let's make a family. Let's do this. We're going to yeah. do it right, though. Yeah, you know, we, for we sure we thought right. we were going to get it right this time. Like, you know, the past was gone, but this time we had the right person. We both had similar missions and visions with life. And in that process of soul searching and finding a relationship with God during that, like we knew what we were looking for and we thought we had found it in each other. So now things were going to be just beautiful. Peachy. Oh, it was going to be great. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. it was going to be great. And we didn't realize all the challenges that would come up through that. So, you know, challenges really between the dynamics of relationships, trying to figure out what that step-parent, step-child, we like to call them bonus child Mm -hmm. or or bonus kids. And we say that just in conversation so that everyone kind of knows the dynamics we're talking about. We don't call each other bonus parents and stuff like that. But, you know, we we really struggled in that department. Then the co-parenting as well was a big challenge for us to really figure out those dynamics. And then there were court systems involved. It was, you know, it was a roller coaster. We had So many great times and a lot of hard times, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into it. Yeah, and I think it's important to mention, too, like we both had full custody of the kids. So it was basically like we were running a nuclear home, like what you would call your traditional family, which I so desperately wanted and desired. So when I ended up divorced and I was getting like this redo I really wanted it to just be our family. So we are super involved in everything that the kids were doing, coaching all of the activities, volunteering for any and everything at church. 
Um, I was a school teacher as well. So, you know, we had the summers off and spending time at summer camps. We were very, very involved in everything, but yet we were trying to run this family one way, but we had other outside sources that were pulling away from what we envisioned to be family. What was your first like clue when you guys started to be like, oh, wait a minute, this is going to be a lot more complicated than, you know, we thought we were just going to bring this all together and it was just going to be sunshines and and rainbows. Like when was the first moment for the two of you and what did it look like when it was like, oh man, this is actually going to be pretty hard. Yeah. So we, you know, that's not a, there, there's a lot of parts to that. (laughs) You know, one of the big challenges we had was just custody for our kids. We had our co-parents fighting for custody as well. So, you know, years into our marriage, we were back in the court systems and trying to go through that and try to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, I think one of the biggest challenges we had was with my biological daughter and Scarlett's relationship. That was such a challenge because she was so pulled. Her biological mother lived in another state, and so she didn't get to see her as often so she go there for periods of time, and whenever she would come back, that transition was mm. very difficult for her. She really found herself mm. struggling with Scarlett and her position as being a bonus mom mm-hmm. and what that looked like. We saw a lot of pushback there within the kids' relationships and dynamics, so much so that, you know, it, it really eventually kind of led her into a depressive state that we ended up having to seek counseling and things for just to try to really help pull her out and make her understand And as we've been doing this, we learned so much that our kids are going through so many things in a blended family Mm -hmm. that we don't realize. And so being that parent, being able to step back and put ourselves in our kids' shoes is so important when we can do that. Because we interviewed our daughter a while back, and she looked back now, you know, in her 20s, and she says, you know what? I didn't realize back then, but the reason I was having so many problems was because I was jealous of what Scarlett had with her her biological kids, that mother relationship. She said, I didn't even understand that, but I think that's why I was pushing back so hard. And it's like, oh my goodness, I never thought of that when, you know, we were going through it. (laughs) Yeah, and it was, it's rough because in that moment, when we first, you know, found each other and fell in love, she was for it. You know, we, I was taking her to do things and it was so exciting and new. And then when we were fixing to get married, she was like, halt, like, don't do it, dad, don't do it. And he, he ended up through a process, you know, he moved forward, obviously, because here we are 14 years later. But <laughs> that carried through with a lot. Like, it would be fine when we were in our normal setting, normal family. But when she would go and come back, yeah. there would be so much static there. And so when we realized that later on, like hearing her say that, that's exactly what it was. She saw me. She felt like my kids had everything because they had Randall there. They had their dad in just the next town over. They had that relationship with me. And she was missing a whole part Mm -hmm. of herself that was in another state that she could only see sometimes. And so when she would come back, I was the target. You know, I was the one. And before I was that person, it was his mom. Because before I came into the picture, Hmm. his mom was that woman figure in her life. And so she acted out to her and would ignore her and just pretty much act like she didn't exist. And she was never rude and nasty to me. 
she would just basically is as if I wasn't there. Yeah, just kind of with, like. withdraw. Probably just not knowing how to manage or regulate any of the feelings around it because she was still really young. Yeah, we talk, we talk about that and try to keep a real awareness in our family with when the boys come back after being away, it's almost like we're, we're like, okay, it's going to be a 36-hour like you know adjustment period. And it's hard to relate because we don't know what it's like to be them. You know, we, we, we don't know what it's like in that transition. And because they're kids, they don't totally, they think it's just like totally normal. We're like, wow, you're like really withdrawn and you're annoyed with your brother and sister, you know, and, and, but we've learned, we just have to be patient that there's a, that there's like a hangover, you know, that there's a switch for them that, that we just have to be patient and, and aware of and talk them through. Can I ask you guys a question? Yes. Sure. Because I relate a lot, like EJ and I, you know, first year of our twins and the blended family we have and just felt really disconnected, very complicated dynamics that we did not expect. And so we went through this really challenging two years and we were like, oh, wow, if we're experiencing this kind of hardship and difficulty navigating this transition, like we have to help other couples and families. And that was how we started our Couples Counseling Center and our Relationship Innovation Podcast, I guess how did the seeds start to get planted around really supporting other blended families out there with your podcast? Sure. Yeah, no, that great question. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we we kind of went through a career transition and both of us, we just felt um, unsatisfied. Like that, we, we just felt like there was a purpose in our hearts that we... Uh, just it wasn't filled with our current careers. And then through opportunity with our church, we ended up becoming pastors there. So I became the youth pastor mm -hmm. and she became the assistant family pastor. And, you know, it was really just kind of a calling for us at that time. And mm -hmm. so we transitioned into full time ministry and we had already been so connected in our church, you know, that that was just a big part of our lives and, and what we were doing as a family. So we were constantly there. I mean, anytime the doors were open, we were we were there and we were, you know, our kids were there and everything. So for that, it was fulfilling. It was just that we, we really felt connected, being able to be there with students. You know, we we're mm -hmm. connecting with teenagers day in, day out. We were talking with parents and counseling parents mm -hmm. and just being there and helping them through their dynamics. And with all that, we were seeing yeah. a lot of the challenges and struggles that they were having as families, you know, just really dealing with teenagers, seeing their brokenness in their families and they're hurting and they're struggling through that. And a lack of communication mm -hmm. and, and understanding. Yeah. And so that, that was really just, you know, weighed heavy on our hearts and, and to see them going through that. But to be there for them was just, you know, powerful. It was fulfilling. Yeah. And then we really just felt, felt a shift just that we had more for blended families. And, yeah. uh, you know, for us, it was God, you know, we felt like he was just calling us into blended family ministry, helping blended families pour out, you know, everything that we've learned throughout all our hardships. And, you know, initially we're like, we can't do that. We were a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had so many problems and so many challenges, <laughs> but, you know, unpacking all that's like, that's what prepared you for this. And so being able to do that, we just jumped into it and said, yes, and let's do it. And been able to connect with so many blended families out there and hear their stories, helping just bring that hope and encouragement. I think that's what we all need, right? There's so many families out there that feel like they're going it alone, yes. that they're struggling in their marriages and they don't know how to not. Yeah. 
and all the blended family challenges that come with it, we we face a lot more challenges than a nuclear family. Yeah, and I don't think we even realized it was blended family issues when we were struggling. Because, like, for me, when it first started, like, I started through the teenage years, I created a blog because we were just having such a hard time enjoying life. That's where the enjoying part comes. And it was called Enjoying the Moment. And we were like, we have got to figure out how to enjoy this life that we have because there are so many things that kept coming up and coming up. And we'd be like, okay, well, next season, mm-hmm. we'll be able to enjoy this. Next season, this <laughs> right. court thing will be over. Next season, we won't be so busy. And it kept happening and happening. And we were like, you know what? We've got we, we were sitting outside one day. It was funny because we were sitting outside and we were like, okay, we're not going to talk about the kids. We're not going to talk about work. What do we talk about? What the heck do we have? <laughs> what we, do we stared have? at each other for a minute. Like, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> we were so engrossed in our troubles, too. That's right. all we would talk about during that time. And we were like, we've got to find something for us. And I had personally started going to counseling as well during that time. And she's like, you need to find something that you can start that's for you. And so I started just blogging and basically all the teenage hardships, parenting teenagers, I was just putting out all of my stuff. And my friends were like messaging me like, oh my gosh, are you in my house? Are you reading my diary? Like what, how do you know this kind of stuff's going on? Because that's exactly how I feel. And it was these feelings that I was too scared and afraid to admit as a mom and a wife uh, and as a stepmother. Like I didn't want to admit those things because I was struggling, but I was a Christian. And like, it felt like wrong to not Mm -hmm. have faith that it was just all going to work out. And so I began in that process. And then when God really shifted us into like helping blended families, we would never have considered, because like Randall said, we're like, our family, we did not do this right. We messed up so much. There is no way we can help other people. And then through us learning and growing, it was like, no, you're exactly who needs to help other people because you didn't have, you didn't do it right. You didn't experience everything so packaged beautifully. Mm -hmm. You went through the same struggles that so many families out there are going through and that are afraid to talk about it or even know that they need help. They just see that there's problems in their house. Yeah. I think that's what's really powerful about sort of this medium of, of writing blogs and and making podcasts is that it opens up the helping people while you're still struggling with it yourself. And I Mm -hmm. think like it creates a connection to people because when people, a lot of times when they're reading books or they're, um, you know, maybe even going to therapy, they think that this person sitting in front of them has it all figured out. Mm. And and then they feel sort of like there's like this power dynamic of I'm lesser. I'm trying to like drag myself out of the gutter to be (laughs) with these people. And then when you, you know, you get on and you talk about the struggles that you had or you or you still are trying to figure out and we do the same about our our relationship and our working with our kids and our struggle to find work life balance. There's like a sigh of relief where people are like, oh, OK, I'm not like, Alone. you know, I'm not like uniquely broken. I mean, that's something I've always seen is that like people think that they are uniquely messed up. Mm-hmm. And then when they see like, oh, they're messed up, too. It's like, oh, thank God, you know, you know, thank God I'm not alone. And then also the hope that it provides when you get to Mm -hmm. normalize and see like, okay, like actually blended families are complicated and messy. Having children and just the transition of this, messy and complicated. And when you can have like real, genuine, authentic humans struggle and get through it and come out like for you guys, what, 15, 14 years, you said, later yeah, and, and be later. on here together, creating this amazing supportive environment and resources for blended families, like that gives others 
and ourselves that hope that things can be different. And then you guys being able to really use the tools and how you guys were able to get through this and help other people do that. Because that's really what we need. We need tools and strategies, right? Because we've got to get Mm -hmm. out of this, like whatever this gunk is. So one of the things you have the podcast, but you're also doing coaching with blended families. So give us an idea when when a couple comes to you and they're seeking that help, that coaching around blended families, what are some of the first things that they're bringing to you and they're saying like, hey, I need help with this? The first initial thing that really kind of comes up is that they're not being heard they're not being seen, that they're struggling. They don't know how to communicate with their spouse or with their kids or in that relationship. And really what we found is all the challenges that we can face just comes from lack of communication. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I love to put it this way, you know, none of us are born just knowing how to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that that's just it. You know, there there are people that go to college and they get degrees and stuff to learn how to communicate. And all of us as families, we're just trying to wing it. Right. You know, we're trying to figure it out. And we've got different personalities to add to that challenge. We got all the uniqueness. We got all the different family dynamics. And we're sitting here just trying to do the best we can. And we don't know what healthy communication is or what that looks like. And so, yeah, really being able to talk them through that first is being able to get them to where maybe they can approach their spouse in a different way. Because so often what we tend to do, and I think that's just us being human beings, right, is we want to go to the other person and say, you make me feel this way. And I do, you do this and blah, 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 blah. Stop it immediately. <laughs> yes. And it's like, you know, but th- whenever we do that, that's our first instinct. When we do that, right. what does the other side do? They automatically put on their gloves yeah. and they get their defense Ready up. to fight. Yeah. And so now walls are up. No one's ever going to be heard. But if I can approach it saying, honey, you know, when this happened, I really felt this way. And you start communicating your feelings in a sense to where I'm not attacking the other mm-hmm. person. Now the conversation's de-escalated and you both can start hearing each other. And I think that's the biggest thing in blended families is just being able to talk yeah. to each other and being able to work through the differences because there's going to be differences. But being able to work through them together and coming up with a common solution. Yeah, and I think they also think that it's hopeless because so many things are outside of their control. And so they see the struggle with the exes and there's nothing they can do about it, that their stepchild doesn't care for them. And there's nothing that they can do about it, that it's causing this division with their relationship Mm -hmm. with their spouse. And they just feel like everything is out of their control and they just want change. And we don't realize that the change can start with us. Like that's not just a cliche, like this this is truth. Like you can still find that joy. You can find peace. You can put up boundaries. You can create this life that you actually like with just you making some changes. And when you realize that, you begin to notice that those things that are frustrating you about everybody else, that it has a lot less to do with them and a lot mm-hmm. more of what's going on on the inside of you. But we don't know that. We don't realize it because unless you're seeking counseling and therapy exactly. and coaching and all of that, you don't realize that when your stepchild says that she don't want to eat your food and that it's nasty, that it's pulling up these you know triggers that you're a bad mom uh-huh. and that you're not good enough and that it becomes this whole fight about some vegetables when really it's you're struggling with your own insecurity. So what I just heard there, and I just, I love that. And I think a lot of people listening are going to relate is 
when things are very complex and especially when you feel like things are outside of your control, that people start to feel powerless. But that if you start to really look under what that is, that you can have a voice and a healthy way to make you feel empowered, which is automatically going to shift the relationship with your partner. Because when you feel powerless, your partner is a big part of that. You start to resent them. Like, I have no choice. I have no control. And one of the big things we teach our couples is acceptance versus resignation. A lot of couples within blended families where they don't feel like they have control, they'll get into like, this is never going to be better. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm, and, and that's where resignation can equal powerlessness versus acceptance. Like, okay, it's happening. Nothing's changing, but it's not going to be like this forever. And like, what are the things that we can do to really intentionally be okay and feel empowered instead of the other way, which is kind of what you were just saying, you know? I think it's like, it's counterintuitive, right? Because I yeah. think like most of the time in life, we're, we're trying to change things by changing what's outside of ourselves. And so it's instinctive uh-huh. to like focus on what our partner is doing wrong, tell them exactly what it is or tell the kid what they're doing wrong. But it's also a completely, like Tara said, like it's a completely powerless place to put yourself because you really can't make them change. But if you do that U-turn and you come back and you're like, hey, this is what's going on for me, you yeah. know, then you, everything else seems to change around you once once you get to that place. You just got to fight that biological urge to defend yourself when you feel reactive. <laughs> That's it. You can't control everyone else's reactions. You can't control everyone else's choices, yeah. but you can control yours. And whenever you can start working on that, learning what are my triggers, why does that even trigger me? You know, why am I getting upset whenever my, you know, bonus kid is saying that to me? You know, what what's really going on, you know? And, you know, I can start working on myself. Like you said, that is empowering. And then just like you said, whenever you do that, though, now you're approaching things different, which then you get different reactions, right? If if I'm coming and I'm approaching my spouse, or my kids, and I'm more calm, I'm in control of my emotions, keeping things calm and level, then they approach you more calm and level. That de-escalates everything. So it does. It changes every situation and every dynamic just by our own reactions. Yeah, and we learn like what can we control? We went through a season where our kids during their teenage years moved off, starting with his daughter first. And that like was like ripping your heart out because it wasn't just she moved off. For one, I then experienced what life was like without having my kids because neither one of us had experienced that side of divorce and of blended families because we had full custody of our kids. The longest they went away for me was usually a weekend, maybe a couple weeks in the summer. And for him, like for a month, maybe a couple months if she decided to stay this whole summer. But we always knew that we had them. So when they left, it was just, for one, really eye-opening. I had a lot more empathy for his ex-wife and what she experienced during that time going through that in our season. But in that moment when she was gone and we had no contact, it wasn't like she just left. Like there was a lot that happened and she really was upset with us during the time. Mm -hmm. And we were the bad guy, like this big monster in Mm -hmm. her head. And during that season, we had, okay, we had no control, no relationship with her. What can we do? And so then that season, him and I began to draw closer what we did have control over was our our marriage and our mm-hmm. relationship. So we began to learn how to enjoy each other during that season. And then my kids eventually ended up following suit and going to live with their dad as well. And it was us here for a while. 
And we began to really lean on each other. We're in a lot of situations that would pull you apart. We decided in this moment, what can we control? We can control each other. So we began to learn each other again, date each other, and experience joy with each other. And then eventually in our power was to begin to reach out to his daughter. He began to make connections with her completely separate from we want you to come live with us again. It's like, we just want a relationship with you. We love you. We want a relationship. And he began to put things in place to establish that relationship again. And it was so small in the beginning and it wasn't as successful as we wanted. And there was a lot of back and forth. But eventually when that reconnected and he had that, that relationship and she came back here and she visited and just the joy and all of that, and then my kids were gone, but now we're in this season where it's just his his daughter, my stepdaughter, where we have always had this rocky relationship. And I say all of this because I want us to understand like there's so much out of our control, but any of these seasons, we can find the beauty in it. So we began to have this time with this child that had never had just the two of us. Right. And her and I created this beautiful relationship when she turned 18, where we became like best friends during that time because we were able to connect in a way not having the other two children. Would I have wished that on our situation? No. But this was the situation we were in and we made the best of it. Yeah, I I think that's like one of the, uh, I think it's complicated about being a parent in general is that being a parent confronts us with our utter powerlessness and we don't know how things are gonna play out. And then blended families just add like another sort of like element of unpredictability that you have this mm-hmm. other subset of people who who come in and are influencing things that you have zero, you know, control over. And then I think what you said, like about how you guys dealt with that difficult period when your kids lived elsewhere for a little bit was that like, what did we have to do? We had to reconnect here. And, and I think that's a big lesson for blended yeah. families in general is like, from the beginning, you have to cultivate this connection because this, mm-hmm. you actually have the most control other than yourself just internally yeah. with trying to create a really healthy relationship with your partner as the foundation of your family. But that's not easy, right? No, not at all. And, you know, I think that's the biggest challenge right Mm -hmm. there. Because whenever you are coming together as a blended family, you've already come from, you know, let's just call it what it is. You've got some baggage. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're, you're coming in, you came from a divorce, a broken relationship, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, and you're bringing that into your new marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you like it or not, or believe that or not, there is still within you in some form. And then now you're connecting with someone that you love. You're like, you know, I want to do life forever with you. This is the relationship, you know, we're going to make it. And then you start seeing all the differences. You know, now with parents, two parents coming together, you've got different parenting styles. You know, Mm you parented your kids one way and they parent theirs another way. And now you're coming. And so much we see that as a big division already. What? I don't like, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, you, you should be My way is the right way. Yeah, you, way. Should, <laughs> you should tell your kid this, and or you should do that with your kid. And, you know, now we're attacking, right? And so really, that's the biggest thing is trying to stay together. But that comes through communication, like we talked about, continuing to communicate and figuring out, okay, you've got differences, I got differences on how we parent. What is our parenting style? 
Let's come up with how we want to start parenting in our home and really working together on that because that does, when you're doing stuff like that, is bringing you closer together Absolutely. instead of pushing you further apart. And I think all those challenges, right. they really do. They start really putting that wedge in between you if you're not talking through that and you're not coming together and knowing how to do that, right? But coming together and working through those differences and in that, you've got to continue dating each other. You know, that's one of the, kind of like you were saying, that's one of the big things is, okay, now let's put the kids aside. You know, let's put the challenges aside and let's go have some fun. Let's yeah. let's do something fun together. Let's, you know, let's go date and not worry about the problems. And that really does help uh, build that relationship. Well, it, I mean, so the level of collaboration is important and also having quality time with each other builds resilience for your relationship and one of the things we're always telling our individuals, couples, families here is like, things are stressful outside of us, right? And that's not going to change. Things keep coming up and, you know, transitions are really hard. And the more you are connected with your partner, like it's just a little bit more manageable outside of us. But if this is strained, everything else feels, again, so overwhelming that it's not sustainable. And so I think like the clear message I just got from you is like, this relationship with my partner, the collaboration, the setting up systems, the talking intentionally about how we can do this together is the core piece of being able to manage the complexities of a blended family. And I'm, I have to ask another question because I have a feeling only because I'm using my own experience with working with blended families, but like, what do you tell couples when, let's just say the co-parent there's a really unhealthy, toxic, or hostile relationship there. And that is because I know for me, when I've worked with a lot of blended families, like that part of it feels so consistently traumatic for the partnership. And they really don't know what to do because the kids might go to this other environment and they're hearing all this bad things and it's unsafe. And I mean, again, I could sit here for an hour and talk about all the different <laughs> things I've heard, but. And I completely understand. <laughs> how do you help? partners when that is kind of the situation where they are dealing with a toxic co-parent. Yeah, and so that, you know, that that is the challenge, right? That that's the big challenge. You cannot control the other side, and I think that's the biggest thing to understand yeah. is we want to go over there and control their home. Mm -hmm. We want them to have the same beliefs that we have, and we have different viewpoints on raising our kids and what we believe that safety and everything should be. But unfortunately, we are a blended family. And that's probably what led to your divorce is the big differences that you had. You can't change that. That person is your child's parent, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they love them and they should. They need to love them. But so there, there has to come a, a level of acceptance and empathy to a sense. But whenever it is toxic and uh, we, we've seen this a lot, you have to set up boundaries. You have to set up boundaries within yourself. Uh, you have to set up boundaries within your home and, you know, to protect you, to protect your home. That's some of the only ways that we can really handle some of those situations. And then we always say, if it is toxic enough, sometimes we need a mediator, yeah. you know, sometimes, and that's, not your kids, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you'd never yes. want to have your kids as that mediator, yeah. but sometimes you need a counselor or you need to reach out to a third party or something to where if it's that bad enough, uh, you are using a third party to help communicate through. There are a lot of other resources out there like apps and things like that, that we've found that really help keep 
connections to where you're not having to do face-to-face. And so looking for outside resources like that can help as well. But yeah, really just setting up boundaries within yourself. Uh, I found that some of the worst, you know, and I could look back to our co-parenting days and everything, and I handled so many things wrong with my ex-spouse, and uh, I'm sure she would say the same thing. (laughs) But, you know, it's with your ex, it seems like you can always, you know the buttons to push with each other. Mm. And it seems like whenever you get on the phone it always tends to go back to the past and you start mudslinging and nothing ever gets resolved because there's still so much hurt there. And so it's really being able to heal from that hurt. And, you know, sometimes taking a reflection back or a step back and just trying to really heal from that can help you with your approach with your ex-spouse to help have that empathy a little bit more because they're hurting too, you know, but ultimately both goals is we want our kids safe and healthy and protected. Right. And so really being able to lean more on that, I think is trying to be able to see that. So it is that self growth. It is that, that self recognition It's knowing that you're hurting and struggling, but you have set up healthy boundaries as well. Whenever things are just really toxic and you two cannot communicate or agree on anything. Yeah. And I think there's such a difference in like what is high conflict and what's like a toxic, unsafe environment. And there's so many things that I just looking back that I chose to pick battles on that were more just because this is my morals. This is my beliefs. And my ex didn't choose that. And, but I wanted him to because this is the right way. This is things that should be done. And it was completely out of my control that I could have just allowed, like, okay, that is his house. That is his thing. And I was more parenting out of fear Mm -hmm. in those situations versus there are some things that are unsafe. And in those things, it it does feel powerless because it's your child's life that's at stake here. And I mean, we tried everything from, you know, taking, to court and, you know, getting mediators and having the court not see things from, you know, how like when you're in that mindset of like my ex is toxic, Mm -hmm. you are keeping track of every Facebook post they make, Mm -hmm. every text that they send, every time they don't show up at, there should be returning them at six and it's 6.05 and they're not there yet. You know, you start to try to find all of these reasons to trap them in a sense to make it where they can't have the kids anymore. I'm just speaking from like, personal experience that I walked through is because you need for everyone else to realize like this is not okay. But a lot of that when I when I went and I got help for myself, I realized that a lot of that was out of fear and out of judgment and me thinking that if I didn't have my kids full custody, then I am a bad mom. And you'll see a continual pattern with me when I'm talking about stories is it came back to me desperately wanting to be a good mom. Yeah. I just wanted to be, I'm going to get emotional now, but just wanting to be a good mom to my kids. And then now I've dragged them through this divorce situation. I'm trying to make up for it in this new marriage and I just couldn't. And if I, my kids left and weren't with me full time, I truly believe that meant I wasn't good enough to be their mom. And it took getting help for myself to realize that it's completely okay for your kids to be with their parent in a safe environment, you know, and like, again, we determine the level of what we think is safe and have to really get some Mm -hmm. mediators in that to show us some truth sometimes of what safe is. But I felt like when they were gone, that that was a hit on me. But it's okay for your kids to love both of their parents. It's okay for your kids to spend time with both of the parents. And it's not a reflection on you. And it's actually better for your kids to be able to have the love that they desperately want 
from both of their parents. You know, and your kids are going to see two different sides. And I think that that took us coming to recognize that because when you're in the heat of all of it, it's hard to see it. And, you know, that's that's where we say the coaching, counseling and stuff can really help listening to podcasts, thing, you know, anything to help give you more tools and everything. But whenever you recognize that they're they're going to see two different dynamics, you know, that's just part of that's part of a blended family. And, you know, some things are good. Some things are not good. But ultimately, our kids are going to grow up and they're going to make their own choice. They're going to start seeing which side is better for them or which side is more healthier for them. And I think that's the beauty in it, you know, getting to see your kids kind of go through that and transition into their own selves and, you know, choosing for them, you know, okay, I see what you were doing over here. And, you know, we've we've had it to where our kids are coming back saying, you are always there for us. Oh, my goodness. You know, things that they don't recognize uh, going through blended family. I think that's one of the biggest challenges in blended families because we don't get recognition. You know, Mm -hmm. we get more beat down sometimes than anything. But the encouragement is when you stay the course— When you continue learning, you continue growing, you continue working together, and you continue showing up and you continue being there, the fruit is always greater on the other side. And, you know, we can honestly say that with our kids. We have some of the best relationships we have ever had with our kids before now. And, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. You know, blended families are so beautiful whenever we can really see that and just see that hope, you know, see that light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, clearly, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but, you know, anytime we open up a topic like that, it's just like opening up a box and and it's like we can only like scrape the surface of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly there's there's a lot that goes into having a healthy blended family. And it seems like you guys have a ton of insight, you know, and you guys have done some really incredible work yourselves, which then I mean, I know just as you were sharing, Scarlett, I was just thinking like, you know, this is exactly what helps somebody see something inside of themselves that they're unable to see yet. Yeah. You know, that it took you probably a lot of work to get to that place. But when you, you know, put yourself out there the way you're doing and somebody sees this woman that's like, you know, shedding a tear about like, gosh, it was just I wanted to be such a good mom and I was afraid I was failing. That's like this opportunity for somebody to see it externally and then internalize it. So, I mean, it seems like you guys are doing just amazing stuff. I mean, can you just so so the people who are listening, if there's somebody who's like, I want to know more, I want to I want to plug into these people, you know, like tell us just a little bit more about what you're doing and how people can can access it. Sure. Yeah, we, we really you know, we're, we're seeing more and more blended family resources out there. And that's the beautiful thing about this. You know, we really, we call it our BFAM community because we we believe so much that is blended family care, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like health care or that self-care that we talk so much about. Why aren't we doing that with our families? Right. Why aren't we being more proactive and learning things and growing? Mm-hmm. And so they, they, we're starting to see more and more of that. We you know, back when we were started our blended family, we were digging for stuff and we couldn't find anything. But now we live in such a day and age to where there's more and more out there. So yeah, yeah. no, that, that's kind of our hearts is to continue pouring resources and tools. We do it with coaching. We, we do one-on-one coaching or we'll do it with the family or with couples. Yeah. Uh, we've created a lot of online resources, uh, video courses and stuff. Our newest one that we're so proud of is How to Enjoy Your Blended yeah. Family where we walk you through five intentional dates because we love to keep it fun. But really, it's about discovering more fun in your family because we really believe that the more fun you have, the less problems you'll see. 
we connect so much over doing fun things together, doing new things together. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just relationship bonding at its finest. And if we can do more of that in our families, man, we are winning. You know, now you're helping build those relationships. You're helping build those those bonus kids and bonus parent relationships at some of its finest. And you're, you're discovering what that looks like for your family because each of our families are different. You know, we all have different likes and different things that we're into. So it's helping walk you through discovering that for your family and what that looks like. And then you come out with a great action plan. So yeah, that, that's kind of our heart and what we do yeah, and it truly is what brought our relationships back from the brokenness to being restored was going through this process. And we still use it today because, you know, hard stuff doesn't stop happening just because you have adultish kids. So <laughs> this is something we've seen with our family and others just bringing such connection with the marriage with your family as a whole and with those individual relationships. And you can find us, like we have the podcast, Enjoying Your Blended Family. On Mondays, we talk about this hard stuff. We share these stories, connecting with people. If So if that's different situations, you know, we're talking about that. And then Fridays, we're sharing these ideas that you can do with your family, fun things that you can do to strengthen this marriage relationship and your family as a whole or these individual relationships. So the podcast, and then you can always find us on Instagram. That is our main like fun social media platform where we're just having a good time dancing around. And we get really, I love watching all of your videos. (laughs) They're so fun and cute, but very relatable too, because you share a story. Yes. Well, we enjoy, you know, it's, it's so much fun. It really is. So, so yeah, no, that that's kind of us in a nutshell. We love just, we love serving. You know, we, we call ourselves blended family servants. <laughs> you know, we're just here to serve and show encouragement and that you're not alone. Well, thank you so much. I mean, it's been fun to connect with you guys. It was, it was awesome to be on your podcast and it's been a, just a great pleasure having you guys on here as well. And thank you for using your own, uh, difficulties and challenges in your life and really supporting others from that process because it's significant. It is very significant. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate the two of you. We love everything you're doing here. So it's like it's such an honor to be here and to connect with the two of you. So thank you so much. And I can't wait to share the how to enjoy your blended family, the online course, because, and research also shows us that when you start doing new things together, it actually creates new neural pathways and feelings of, you know, those feelings when we first met, like you feel really good and it's oxytocin, like those chemicals start to happen in your body again. And so Mm -hmm. you have this, you can experience joy and something different from old painful feelings. So that's huge. (laughs) I'm going to be telling a lot of people about this. It puts everybody in a new state of mind whenever you're so caught up in these challenges and you say, let's just go play a game. Let's do this or let's do that. Oh man, everybody's like, yeah, no, I'm in. (laughs) And the amount of conversation that comes out of that and the communication that's built during these times where you're just having a good time, even if you were wishing to try to have that conversation with the kids two days ago because you were fighting about it, but they won't communicate with you. When we put those things aside and we just start having fun together, They, they loosen up and then these conversations start coming out and it's like, oh yes, this is what I wanted the whole time. And it's so important today to connect in this world where a lot of people are just on screens and not communicating with each other anymore. So thank you. Really, thank you for being this resource for Blended Families, the BFAM community. Listeners, I hope you really check out their social media page and listen to their podcast. We will have all of that information in the notes. Absolutely. And as always, thank you out there. 
We really appreciate you sharing your feedback, giving us topics, introducing us to new people that just, you know, bring more and more to this community. You know, please do pass us along, you know, tell a friend, tell a family member, you know, tell them about enjoying your blended family, tell them about us. The more we get this like really positive information out there, the stronger families are, the stronger relationships yes. are, the, the the better this world becomes. So, you know, thank you so much again. As always, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train, me and you listening to the rain. Are the same, me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.